It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. Welcome on in to Locked On Auburn. Good morning. Or at least I'm recording this in the morning. I don't know when you're listening, but of course I'm uh, your host, Zach Blackerby. Today's show brought to you by Frisky Whiskey. More uh, more love to them in just a moment. The bulk of today's show is going to be an interview with Christian Page. He is a scout with CoverOne.net. And uh, yeah, we just kind of go through all of the draft-eligible Auburn guys entering the 2020 season. He's got a lot of good things to say. But first, there's a few bits of news and notes that I want to touch on. Uh, And a couple of things are in response to what Michael and I chatted about yesterday. Will Hastings has been re-signed by the New England Patriots. It's like, uh, no matter what we do, the universe will correct itself. (laughs) It's like, there's no way Will Hastings is not going to end up being a slot receiver for the New England Patriots. We willed it into existence uh, as Auburn people three or four years ago. It's happening. It's happening. Bill Belichick can't even stop it. Uh, but no, that was, that was great news for Will Hastings. Uh, you see teams do this from time to time. I believe they moved the guy to IR. And so with uh, with uh, roster moves and all that, you kind of have to do that. I don't fully understand all of that. But props to Will Hastings. Javaris Davis, who got cut by the Chiefs, uh, he got picked up by the Miami Dolphins. Of course, now he is, uh, he is reunited with Noah Igbenogany. I think that is very, very exciting. I believe they claimed him on waivers, which means, hey, they wanted him. And it, you know this could be just smart roster management by the Dolphins' part, which is a little weird to say. But you know they're paying Byron Maxwell like a stupid amount of money to play corner. I believe that is the richest cornerback contract in NFL history. I believe that's how they opened up their free agency. And obviously, undrafted free agents are cheap, and it's a very easy way for them to get depth. So you don't want to pay a whole lot of guys at the same position, even though corner is kind of a unique situation, especially in today's league. But Javaris Davis is a depth piece for cheap. I think from a roster management standpoint, that makes sense. So uh, like I said yesterday, I was surprised that the Chiefs let go of Javaris Davis. I, uh, I, I think he is on an opening day roster. So uh, that, is, uh, that is exciting for Javaris. Congrats to him for sticking around in the league. Um, so both of those things are good news. Uh, we'll go to bad news and good news again. Um, so Auburn University, they canceled their graduation ceremonies. Obviously, that has nothing to do with sports. But uh, it was going to be held in Jordan Hare Stadium. And it was kind of resembled a large crowd being in that. And they canceled it. It was scheduled for uh, August 1st and August 8th. I'm not going to add a whole lot to that. You know, I'm, I'm still in the minds that, that college football will happen this year. Will it look different? Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, we're still waiting for this news to fall out of the sky at some point this week at the time of uh, me recording this. Um, but I, yeah, I just wanted to put that news out there. I'm sure most of you are aware. And if you're listening to this and you're an Auburn grad, hey, uh, I'm sorry you're having to go through all this. As far as, you know, if you're graduating this year, it stinks. I know a lot of people are really bummed about it. I would, I did not want to go to my graduation. My parents made me, <laughs> but. Um, for those you know that, that wanted to do this and kind of have this moment, I'm I'm so sorry that uh, that really really stinks. I hate it for you. Um, last uh, last news bit before we jump into our conversation with Christian Page with Cover One 
NBA.net. Isaac Okoro and Austin Wiley reports came out yesterday that they have been invited to the NBA scouting combine. And it is so fun to see the NBA care about Auburn guys. I know he had Chumo Kiki get drafted in the first round last year, but with his injury, we didn't really get to see him have any kind of fun offseason, you know, because he couldn't really go work out for folks because of his knee. He still hadn't really played. So uh, this is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be fun to see Isaac Okoro and Austin Wiley. And I just highly encourage folks, I'm not the biggest as far as like scouting for basketball. I know uh, they don't necessarily care if you can shoot. They care about defense and athletic ability, and obviously Okoro has that. But yeah, just Google Isaac Okoro, and there is a ton of really cool film breakdowns on him. I mean, a lot of people are really kind of going all over the place on you know how much is he worth value-wise in the NBA draft. And you know some people are coming out and saying, hey, he was used wrong at Auburn, or you know for some reason Bruce Pearl didn't put him on the best defender. And it's just kind of odd. It's kind of odd to me. Uh, I never really watched him at Auburn and thought like he was being used incorrectly. I, my only critique of Isaac, and you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but I just wanted him to be more selfish with the basketball. But he was such a good teammate, and he knew he had shooters around him. He took advantage of it. But I, I encourage you to do that. They're going to be a better. They're going to do a lot better at breaking it down than I will. That is not my forte at all. But. Uh, I think it's really cool that Isaac Okoro is one of the more talked about NBA um, prospects in this draft. And once again, I think it's good for Auburn. People are talking about uh, people are talking about him, and I think it's good for Bruce Pearl's program. Before we jump into our conversation with Christian Page, I want to give some love to our friends at Frisky Whiskey. They've uh, they've been partners with us for weeks here on uh, on Locked On Auburn. We uh, we're excited to keep that partnership going yeah uh i meant to bring this up with michael yesterday but i'm about out of uh the first haul that we had when we went there two weeks ago and it's about time to uh to get back over there shout out to our friends uh, friends of the program at least on social media with fall line brewing the, that is where i get a lot of my stuff for, uh, at frisky whiskey i get a lot of fall line brewing i think they have a very very good product but they've got all kinds of different stuff from breweries all throughout the southeast and you don't really find that anywhere else in town they we used to have a place in town that did that but it's still way expensive and so i think it's definitely worth the quick 20 minute drive or so it's 20 minutes from my house to uh, to frisky whiskey and uh highly encourage you guys to check that out they are able to uh, do different things tax wise um, than, than alabama and it is a lot cheaper I've, and also you know the guy who runs it i'm, I'm good friends with him he's my neighbor uh, he's got good relationships with uh, different folks throughout the southeast, and so they've uh, yeah they're able to mark all this stuff down, and it's uh, it's a great deal. So it's off exit two on I eighty five. Just when you get into Georgia, you'll see billboards for it like crazy. Be sure to check it out, Frisky Whiskey. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm now joined by Christian Page with CoverOne.net. Good sir, how are you? Man, I'm doing well. Good to be talking about football. Just holding out hope that we have a season. Yeah, man. I, you know, I've been optimistic throughout the whole thing. I think we're having it, so... 
I'm going to I'm going to hope that I am correct. So, yeah, of course, uh, you know, if you listen to the show for a long time, you know, Christian uh, is kind of the, the expert on all things NFL scouting and NFL draft. And so I wanted to chat with you for a few minutes, Christian, about um, some of the guys on Auburn's squad going into 2020 that uh, NFL scouts are excited to keep an eye on um, throughout this year. I want to start with my favorite player on this 2020 team, and that's Big Cat Bryant. Uh, he seems versatile to me. Uh, I don't know if that necessarily translates to the next level, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Sure. I mean, I think we, we know the talent uh, that Big Cat brings to the table, and now the, the spotlight is all his, you know, being in the shadow of Marlon Davidson and among some other guys, even Derek Brown for that matter. But Big Cat, he has the tools to be this, I don't want to say finesse pass rusher, but he has the tools to be somewhat of a crafty edge presence. And you see, you saw a lot of pressures last year, and so you just want to see maybe a little more production. But he has that 6'5", 250-pound frame, which is ideal for that, you know, uh, you know, uh, six tech, seven tech in a four-three team at the NFL. But you did talk about his versatility, that he has some maybe scheme flexibility as that goes. So from a scheme perspective, he definitely translates to the league. Um, as far as just a physical standpoint, he has some things to work on. I think he maybe needs to find that go-to move that he can really accentuate beyond those third and passing down situations. But Big Cat with a lot of potential, a lot of physical measurements that you like to see, he has the world of potential. And it seems like as far as preseason accolades go, he's getting that definitely needed buzz. Uh, and, and I think that just pays homage to Kevin Steele and Rodney Garner and what they're able to do with that defensive line. Do you think production is important for Big Cat? You know what is what he's able to do as far as getting sacks, as far as what he's able to do, as far as causing disruption in the backfield, or is is he going to be looked at strictly as kind of a project type player? You know, you you look at his size, you look at his athletic abilities that you kind of mentioned, um, or you know, is is the NFL going to like him regardless? Yeah, I always hate to say, and I always kind of dismiss the idea of being a box score scout but with the passing league now we're in the nfl and if you're going to be a premier pass rush you've got to have some kind of production to match with some of those physical attributes so i mean kind of maybe meet in the middle i think you know just this physical intrigue there's enough there to possibly be that project guy and um but i definitely think you know now given the the being the primary pass rusher so to speak on this team that you need to see, you know, some kind of production. I don't know what kind of number that may be, but anywhere from eight to ten sacks, partnering that with his physical attributes, I think that would really bode well for him to the next level. But, you know, from a projection standpoint, you know, maybe he is still a project guy, maybe fifth round and and later. But I think if he does add that production there, you could be looking at a day two guy. Sure. I mean, as far as him getting those matchups, those one-on-one matchups with other NFL guys – I haven't really dug into it. I'm sure you have, Christian. But as far as like the tackle class coming out of the SEC, is he going to get some awesome film, awesome opportunities to put some good things on film this year? Oh, of course. And I know you've seen, uh, you know, you saw a handful of SEC tackles come out last year. You know, the tackle duo Isaiah Wilson and Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Uh, Jedrick Wills came out out of Alabama. But you have, you know, guys like you know Alex Leatherwood returning from Alabama. Um, you have, you know, I mean, it's the SEC. You have a handful of talent there, so it definitely bodes well just given, you know, some of his uh, his attributes that are, are sought after and being against that top-level talent. You just see so much potential in these edge rushers. I mean, some guys maybe to compare him to from last year's class, 
Caleb on Chason out of LSU. He was a guy that had the world of potential with a lot of athleticism, but came off an injury in 2018 and had to get back on track in 2019. Then he turns in to be a first-round pick. So, Mm -hmm. sure, does it help producing at a high level in the SEC? Absolutely. So maybe that's kind of maybe a comparable process that Big Cat can take, you know, match that athleticism, match that kind of hype coming into the year. And if you put it together and add that production like we were talking about, then you're looking at a guy that could definitely rise up some draft boards. We'll touch on more Auburn NFL prospects going into 2020 with Christian Page next right here on Locked On Auburn. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so let's stay on the defensive side of the football. Roger McCreary obviously playing a position where Auburn has done a really good job preparing number one corners for the league. Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, second-round picks. Then you look at Noah Benogany, a late first last year. It all seems like Roger McCreary is the next guy in line. We haven't seen as much of him as we saw some of the other guys before they took that step to be the number one corner in this defense. But what do you see in Roger McCreary that you think the NFL scouts are going to like? Sure. I love, he's one of my favorite studies so far for this Auburn team, maybe because he is kind of resting in the weeds and ready to jump out and kind of take the SEC by storm. But I really like just his versatility, and that comes with consistency as well. He can play off the ball uh, in man situations or those very rare zone opportunities that Kevin Steele uh, runs in his defensive scheme. But he can also play uh, you know, in the face. He can be very physical at the line of scrimmage, and he carries that throughout the, the rep, throughout the, uh, the catch point. He really, you know, battles with with the receiver. He's not going to make it easy on the quarterback. His goal is to not make that quarterback feel comfortable and not even look in that direction because when the quarterback did, McCreary led the team with 11 pass breakups a year ago. So he definitely has that flexibility in his lower body to stay on par with really any receiver, and you like to see those island qualities that he has there on the outside. So McCreary checks a lot of boxes. He may be, you know, six foot, six foot 185, maybe doesn't meet that that necessarily physical threshold that you would see with his style of play. But again, like I said, he matches it with that style of play. So um, just from a physical standpoint, he's always battling, plays very well near the sideline, and has that lower body flexibility that he can turn and run at all parts of the field. So McCreary's one of the better, um, I would say one of the better prospects on this Auburn team, but one of the more intriguing ones for sure. His rep against Burrow, where he got an interception on the goal line, was um, it was beautiful. I mean, it was textbook film. Oh, oh, for sure. And that's one of those things where I always harp on football intelligence, and it's kind of hard to necessarily dissect, especially if it's not coming from a quarterback, because it's really hard to put yourself into that player's situation. But it seems like when you see it, you know immediately that 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 player plays with a high football intelligence. Yeah. And when McCreary shows that anticipation and that quarterback vision, it stands out. And that, that LSU interception, it just embodies that style of play. So that definitely checks the box as well from the mentality standpoint and not just necessarily from his physical skills. Christian, uh, I think the most interesting draft prospect on this team, in my opinion, is K.J. Britt. I mean, we've seen Auburn linebackers be really good at the college level and then the NFL wants nothing to do with them. 
Are they going to want KJ Britt, or is it going to be kind of more of the same? Is he going to follow the same path as you know Trey did, as uh, you know Deshaun? I mean, some of these other guys as well. Or is the NFL going to want him a little bit more? I think they're going to want him a little more, uh, given just going on Davis and Williams' status. You know, Williams had that, it was the shoulder injury, and that happened and kind of came to fruition during the draft process. I know it's a senior bowl. That's when, it, um, you know, I talked to him a little bit. And he said, you know, it's, it's a struggle every day. And then Davis, I think there are some athletic uh, limitations with him. He was a little stiff in the lower half, um, but he, his production was through the roof. One of the more productive linebackers in Auburn history. But with Britt, um, you know, you don't see many uh, injury issues in, in, in the back of his uh, career, and you don't really see any athletic limitations to a certain extent, maybe to the certain extent of the guys we talked about. But with Britt, he's quick to diagnose the plays and has that athleticism to attack the ball. You know, there's sometimes where linebackers, you'll see them, you can kind of read uh, their eyes and see that, hey, they know where the play is going, but may not have that athletic ability to supplement with their vision and, and the flow of the play. But he checks boxes for both of those, and he plays the perimeter very well. He has that pursuit, pursuit speed to make plays sideline to sideline. I think maybe just if we want to say something he can improve on, sometimes he can be just a little too patient, uh, and he can take poor angles. Sometimes he'll play on his heels a little bit. You saw that really come to fruition in the Minnesota in the bowl game, which there is a lot of things that were exposed in that Auburn defense in that Minnesota game. Um, but still, you know, maybe if he can kind of be a little more aggressive and take more proper angles, I think you're looking at a guy potentially, you know, a top 100 pick because I think there's a lot of fluidity in this linebacker class if you're just looking at the 21, 2021 class as a whole. All right, let's switch to the offensive side of the football. Christian Page, cover one.net. Seth Williams, I've seen him, uh, you know, the way too early mocks. I've seen him in the top as a top 20 pick, and I've seen him kind of, you know, getting kicked out of the first round. Seth Williams to you is uh, is what type of player going into the draft? He's a physical, go-get-it, my-ball mentality type receiver. And I, I love watching him play on the, the perimeter. But I love also watching him play uh, underneath in the intermediate areas of the field. Um, you know, I really think he plays his best football when uh, the, the field gets shorter and they get in, Auburn gets in the red zone. He kind of embraces that physical, like, hey, give me the ball. And we kind of saw that, and even though they were outside of the red zone, at the, the end of the Auburn-Oregon game beginning of last season where he's like, hey, if I want the ball, I'm going to go get it. Now sometimes, you know, it's kind of odd, kind of ironic that he does have some concentration issues as far as, especially when I've noticed it toward the sideline, whether it's his feet not getting in bounds or him just losing, you know, concentration of catching the football. But overall, you, you see a guy that has soft hands. He has the athletic ability, um, which doesn't necessarily correlate sometimes to that 6'3", 220-pound frame. So, but he can meet the marks athletically, and he has the speed to test the deep parts of the field. So I don't want to say, he's, he's, of course, he's not a perfect prospect. There's something he needs to work on. But Seth Williams definitely um, in, in, a, in an NFL that really predicates on multitude of creating that, I call it basketball team, of wide receivers. He definitely could find a role quickly in the league given his attributes. And then uh, the other Two receivers that I think uh, I'm going to ask you about. Eli Stove's interesting to me. I mean, he has the athleticism. He can move really well. And it looks like he's, you know, you're hearing reports that he's going to take a step forward after, you know, recovering from that knee injury. One, do scouts care that much about the knee injury? Or are they more concerned with the fact that he really hadn't run a whole lot of routes down the field? Yeah, I think the latter is my, my yeah. concern. Um, I'm, of course, when you see a knee injury, and his was, 
his was pretty extensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you just want to see him be on the field a little more. And sure, that could deal with, you know, some of the injury baggage. But you just want to see, I don't necessarily say his role because I don't want to pigeonhole him to a certain extent. But I just want to, I think you just want to see him be used more in, in Gus Malzahn's offense. And, and, you know, maybe that's not necessarily left up to, to Eli himself. But you want to see, you know, how, what could his potential be? He doesn't have to reach that peak. But what can he show on the field that NFL teams would be like, hey, you know, we want that guy. We think we could utilize him in a certain package in our offense. Right now, you know, Eli's looking, you know, outside looking in as far as being a draftable player. Right. But maybe, you know, there's something there where he could join a camp team, and then maybe, you know, you never know what happens after that. Yeah, yeah. Then the last guy, Anthony Schwartz. I know a lot of people are saying, well, yeah, he can do what Tyreek Hill can do, or he can be, you know, a Deshaun Jackson. But there's more to being a fast receiver than just being fast. Exactly. I mean, Tyree Kill, I mean, there's some people that want to rank him as the top receiver in the NFL. And again, that's not just given, you know, his 4-3 speed or even lower than that. It's just given, you know, his flexibility, his athletic ability um, to run a diverse, you know, route tree, which is something Schwartz doesn't really have. Um, you know, Auburn likes to, of course, blow the top off the defense with him. And why not when you're one of the fastest guys in college football? But I think maybe given kind of the same description as, as I gave Stove, you just want to see Schwartz maybe, you know, used a little more in certain packages. I know he'll get, you know, handoffs here and there. And he'll he'll sometimes test the middle of the field and, and you know, kind of uh, show some potential in those intermediate routes. But maybe just, you know, given some of his injuries and kind of roller coaster injuries, I guess you could say whether, you know, is he healthy enough? Is he playing at 100%? Is he playing at 60? You know, what, how can you really key in on this guy on offense? But, Schwartz, I still think, you know, another year of college football, 2020, 2021, um, then maybe we'll get a better picture of how he could be used in the NFL. But there is a bright spot. These guys are becoming, you know, kind of those gadget guys in the league. So there is maybe some translatable skills that Schwartz has shown at Auburn so far that could be used at the next level. Christian, good stuff as always, brother. Appreciate your perspective from a scouting standpoint. Where can people find uh, find you on social media and all of your content, bud? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, you can follow me at Twitter at underscore Christian Page, that's P-A-G-E, and then follow all the content at CoverOne.net. Always love chatting with my buddy Christian Page at CoverOne.net. That does it for today's show. We'll have some uh, some cool stuff lined up for you tomorrow as well. Every single day, once again, I'm really just waiting for the SEC news to drop so hopefully we'll talk about that tomorrow good or bad uh we we need to know we need to get to the bottom of it folks and we will do that together as soon as it drops once again i think it'll be sometime this week follow me on twitter at z blackery follow the show on twitter uh at uh it's on twitter at locked on auburn do this every day i should know this by now and on instagram at auburn podcast on tiktok just search z blackery i think it also comes up if you search locked on auburn i don't know i don't know what i'm doing on there but that's fine That's fine. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.